Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, we're going to preview homecoming Mizzou versus South Carolina. Reminder, uh, no show, uh, no recap, because we're all going to be there. Peyton, Kenny, and I um, will be in attendance. Hopefully it won't be a curse, but we're going to preview that. Um, Got a bunch to go over what to watch for from South Carolina. We also have, uh, oh, we're going to do injury updates too. And then we also have a slew of midseason awards and watch lists that uh, Mizzou coaches, players have all landed on. We're going to run through those. Um, and, and highlight some of the bigger ones because there's a ton of them. And then we'll get, of course, to the biggest news. Obviously, I think most Mizzou fans will have seen by the time this show drops. Uh, Ryan Wingo set his commitment date. So we're going to talk about that. Um, big, big time stuff there for uh, the future of Mizzou football recruiting. So we'll have all that big football preview for you guys. Quick hits, uh, of course, as per usual, of our fantastic four picks, all that fun stuff. Uh, and then we'll finish the show previewing the rest of the SEC slate. Some big games, third Saturday in October, I know, is this weekend. Um, so a bunch of big games outside of Mizzou to um, preview and take a look at. So great show for you guys, and it's all presented by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason out in Major League Baseball. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. With up-to-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. We know Kenny's got a, a big horse in the race for that. So um, he'll be locked in. So get the latest game on spreads and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips. Of course, baseball as well with bet online's real time updates on statistics, news and odds. Well, uh, bet online has everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way up to the world series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't, per- don't forget to use the promo code believe B L E A V of course, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and the unwritten rule starts right now attention everybody stop what you're doing it's time for the unwritten rule a mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the believe network alongside peyton haverman and kenny van doren here is your host Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to the Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, October 20th. And when you're listening to this show, the three of us will be either on our way or in Columbia, Missouri for Mizzou's homecoming game against South Carolina. We're all very, very excited for that, as should pretty much every Mizzou fan, um, I think, be with, with the way this season has gone. It's obviously been an awesome, awesome year. But homecoming, big time. School then invented it and loves to rub that fact in. Um, I love seeing that on Twitter when the Mizzou Mafia comes out uh, this weekend to just brag about the uh, the the fact that Mizzou started homecoming. But big game, 2.30 on SEC Network. We're going to be in attendance, Mizzou, South Carolina. We're going to dive into our things to expect from the Gamecocks. But Peyton and Kenny, just uh, your thoughts. Are we? Are you guys excited to be back, back uh, back where we, we spent our collegiate days and, and rooting for Mizzou in person for once? Not at all, Jack. I have no fond memories of Mizzou football um, from my days there. It was largely a bad experience. I often harken back to the game Tennessee beat Mizzou 62-24, to how dreary the atmosphere was, just how terrible it was. I'm kidding, obviously. Of course I'm excited to go back, you know, especially with an actual, like, really good team in the works. Uh, we never saw more than six wins uh, in the four years that, uh, us three were there. 
and they have a chance to get number seven on Saturday. So that's a big deal. Um, it's a sold out crowd. We, we, when we were there, the only one I believe we saw was the homecoming game in 2019 against Ole Miss. Um, after that, I mean, we had COVID obviously, um, never sold it out again. Uh, so it's going to be an atmosphere that we have not seen very much. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to go back. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like to me that we've graduated. Uh, it feels like I'm just an extended summer still and I'm waiting to go back. Uh, it'll be nice to go back, get to our old stomping grounds, see some people and places that we've uh, missed over the last couple of months. And maybe it'll feel like that that goodbye that we uh, we truly need. Um, maybe Mizzou will come out with a win as well. Uh, yeah, I'm. It, it really. It, I also am feeling the extended summer vibes, being the first year that we're coming back. But yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. It should be exciting for a lot of Mizzou, obviously alumni making the trip back, uh, and then you know those who are there as well to watch this team. You know, maybe get its seventh win of the season and heading into Georgia with some some real momentum after a wild wild game uh, against Kentucky. But let's get down to brass tacks, gentlemen. South Carolina. This is a team, you know. Peyton, I think I think both of you guys made some comparisons to it, but this was a game last year that now it kind of feels like South Carolina has the echoes of what Mizzou had last year where the uh, Tigers marched into Columbia, South Carolina on the Gamecocks homecoming, knocked them off at home when South Carolina was ranked and coming off of a big win, um, you know, that season as well. So, you know, it, it feels like South Carolina could maybe turn that around against Mizzou. Um, you know, before we get into our one thing, to expect from SC, you know, let's, let's look at the Tigers quick. What does Mizzou have to do? What do you want to see um, coming off of that Kentucky win uh, in order to fend off a, a big and bad, very bad. This would be very bad. I want to emphasize that a big, bad upset on Saturday. Yeah. They just need to come out and look like they didn't overlook South Carolina. You know, as, as you said, um, and as I believe we harped, harped on, uh, after the Kentucky game, uh, this is a mirror um, image of what it was last year. You know, um, South Carolina completely overlooked Mizzou. Mizzou sprung the upset on them. Mizzou's got a bye week next week. They don't have another game, so there is that benefit. But in two weeks, you got Georgia, and Georgia's probably not got Brock Bowers for that game. So it's very easy to potentially overlook a two and four South Carolina team for that. They cannot do that though, because even though South Carolina is two and four, it's not a two and four team. I mean, they are playing an absolute gauntlet of a schedule. Yes, their two wins are Furman and um, and Mississippi State, which aren't very impressive. But in this league, anybody can really beat anybody, with the exception of like Vanderbilt and maybe Auburn this year. Um, so I think Drinkwitz knows how important it is to get to the by seven and one. He probably knows the exact mirror image situation that we've got going on. Um, and I'm sure he's uh, hammering that home. And to the players credit, they have said all the right things in the press conferences this week. I remember uh, D Rob in particular, he was really hammering home. Like we cannot overlook South Carolina. So, and he's one of the leaders on that defense. One of the best things I, I kind of took from looking at the quotes from these press conferences is one from Drinkwitz. 
talking about Luther Burden and how it wasn't, you know, a big, big day against Kentucky. And we got banged up a little bit there as well. It, the quote read, he's the least selfish player I've been around. And you talk about Luther Burden's involvement in that game. And we, we said it on the po- podcast right after if, if he does, you know, if you see that stat line after the game, what are you kind of expecting? You're expecting Mizzou to lose big. If Luther Burden's not the, the number one offensive weapon, then this Tigers team is struggling. And it kind of just showed that, you know, other parts of the offense that were firing on all cylinders. And if you can get Luther Burden back with everyone else firing at the same level, I mean, that that's pretty good. And I think that's what you want to expect is just get Luther more active, get him back to where he's been. Um, could be a big day against South Carolina for him. Uh, the second thing is the defense. Defense keeps rolling. I, I think that's the, the big pivotal thing to see there, especially against a pretty dual threat quarterback in Spencer Rattler. You see that defensive line just, you know, continue to be one of the better ones in the SEC in the last two weeks. Yeah, Kenny, I know you're going to touch on Spencer Rattler when we dive into South Carolina a bit. But yeah, it, it, it has all the makings of a trap game. It's so weird to think about how Luther Burden just did not have um, you know, a, a Luther Burden game at all. And Mizzou still managed to pull out a big, big win after, of course, turning the game around in the first quarter. Um, spread right now in bet online is Mizzou minus seven and a half. Um, I'm not sure how much that'll get bet down, if at all, before Saturday. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely just a, a big game to not to not overlook. I think Peyton's point about the buy is is, is huge that you can focus all your energy on this game. Um, it is very hard, I think, especially for fans to not uh, look at a Georgia team that doesn't have Brock Bowers anymore. That's a that, that's a huge thing. I mean, that guy's a Heisman contender, but you got to focus on the team in front of you. That, of course, is the South Carolina Gamecocks. And Kenny, I'll go to you first because you were just touching on Rattler. Your one thing to look for from this South Carolina team um, is, of course, the man at the helm, Spencer Rattler. Not the Spencer Rattler that you've probably been thinking about the last two years, a guy who's really struggled after he left Oklahoma. And it was interesting that he went to the SEC after losing his job. But, I mean, looking at Spencer Rattler's um, offensive game this year, we've seen some interesting trends um, in the passing game for the South Carolina quarterback. A, opening the season against UNC, uh, struggled a little bit. as uh, QBR was down below 60. He bounces back, big win over Furman as expected. Then he had to face Georgia. Um, it was a tough open to the SEC. Um, big loss. Th- I mean, losing by 10 points there, but um, kind of a, a off day, you know, not completing as many passes. He was 22 for 42. And, he responds. Mississippi State was a big win for him and 288 yards through the air. Comes out against Tennessee, struggles again. Comes out against Florida, you know, didn't win the game, but 23 for 30, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and he rushed for 46 on the ground. Uh, this guy just responds to some of these um, underperforming uh, games. And coming off a win, uh, not a win, but a loss against Florida by two points with a good game. It'll be interesting to see if he kind of breaks that trend of having a, a slow game after a good game against a Missouri defense that could be a little bit banged up in the secondary with Ennis Rakestraw, who didn't play last week, is questionable this week with a groin injury. Yeah, I, I can see how you get confused when you look at just his stat line. I'm like, wait, they didn't beat Florida with with how well he's played? Yeah, he's so like, he feels so streaky. And I think that that is a little bit how he's been for the South Carolina team. But his explosiveness like I don't think can um or should go you know overlooked like he can he can sling it and and if against Mizzou secondary which we know we've talked about some of their struggles this season they obviously had a very good game um you know at times against Kentucky that's Devin Leary this is Spencer Rattler I mean you know this is a guy they simplified the game for him they let him throw 
it's a it's a you know it's a whole different animal now coming into Columbia on Saturday. Peyton, you got anything on a uh, on Rattler? Oh, Kenny, go ahead. Yeah, I got one more thing about uh, just rattling that offensive line. Is it opening the season? I I remember this, you know, pretty clearly that UNC's defensive line got got to Rattler a lot. They sacked him nine times in the opening weekend. Um, after that, um, they, they've kind of limited it against Florida. He was only sacked two times. Tennessee, another thing is was six, but four and three against Mississippi State and Georgia. It looks like there were some improvements made there. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it. I mean, if you get to Rattler three or four times, if you're Mizzou, you're probably feeling pretty good. Um, Rattler is, I mean, Kenny, Kenny is, um, he kind of touched on it there, summed it up well. He's not been maybe the guy everyone expected him to be when he entered college at Oklahoma, but he still is very capable of really blistering people through the air. I mean, we've seen it the last few weeks south carolina had last year i mean he was absolutely torching tennessee and clemson and yes tennessee last year did not have a great defense but he is still capable of really opening up like a 300 yard plus game with a few touchdowns so getting to him getting to him in the backfield is going to be key um can't be can't uh ignore his rushing abilities certainly uh, no, he's not Jaden Daniels back there, but he is certainly capable of taking off. Uh, he's really going to kind of determine how this game goes for Mizzou. Mizzou can get pressure on him, force him into bad decisions. I mean, last year they absolutely – he didn't look like he belonged in a Power 5 program last year against Mizzou. They have got to make him look closer to that um, than closer to – some of the performances he's been able to, I mean, he did play very well against Florida. Like I, I would not feel comfortable if I was Mizzou and he plays like he did against Florida. Yeah. And, and, and if I remember correctly in that first quarter against Kentucky, they made Devin Leary look like Jaden Daniels. So, you know, we can't have that uh, Mizzou defense show up, but Peyton, I mean, it seems at least with your take on, on, and your thing about South Carolina, it seems like Rattler, really is this offense and and I know you don't you're not super high on their running game um outside of his ability to make plays yeah no it's a pretty bad rushing attack I mean in uh this comes from straight from the NCAA uh, stats board I mean they are one of about 10 or 11 teams that doesn't rush for 100 yards a game I mean they are 121st in the nation with 97.8 yards a game they cannot really run the football. It's just not something they do. And that's partly a game plan thing. I mean, they've always come in and wanted to air it out this season. And I'm sure part of that is because their O-line is probably pretty weak. Um, but it is still something to note. Like, you can make South Carolina very one-dimensional very easily. It's going to be up to the D-line and the edge rushers, obviously, to make sure the running game can't go can't get going so Blake Baker doesn't have to shift his defensive play calling to stop the run um but based off what we saw last week um in the final three quarters with the D-line um and uh what South Carolina has been this year I really wouldn't worry too much about the rushing attack you can't ignore it obviously this is still an SEC team with SEC players but the threat is not going into this game, the threat is not going to be on the threat. Yeah, it's uh, 
it seems a little bit one dimensional and like all of this that you guys are saying is is making me feel you know a lot better or even even better i guess that mizzou's defense had such a good game against kentucky because this this south carolina team just has underlying passing you know stats and personnel that makes you a little bit worried um on the ground their leading rusher right now is mario anderson 328 yards and two touchdowns um did break out a 75 yard run one game but yeah not not great however um i'm gonna go back to their passing attack because we we talked all about rattler he needs a guy to throw to, and he's he's got a guy to throw to. Um, safe to say, there are um, three SEC receivers uh, currently in the top five in receiving yards. Two of them, of course, being Malik Neighbors, who is number one, and, and Mizzou faced off against him, hard to stop. Number three, of course, Luther Burden, um, who is still up there despite having a, a, a really much a, pretty much a nothing game on Saturday. And then number five, the guy I'm going to turn to, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. We talked about him. Um, briefly after we recap the Kentucky game this guy is a beast he's been around the program forever I believe he's in his fifth year with the Gamecocks um he has you know he has he's worked well with Rattler had 110 yards didn't get a touchdown but 110 receiving yards against Florida last time um had 189 and two touchdowns against Mississippi State Kenny mentioned that's when Rattler played really well too so that's a a big time connection just like Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors was um, he is definitely my name to watch. If you guys have any thoughts on, on Leggett, I know he's really speedy as well. Yeah. He's, he's a, a big he's body, a... six foot three, 227 pounds. And he, I mean, yeah. as a fifth year and he's only 22 years old, it's not like he's a 23, 24 year old that kind of s- sticks around because of the COVID year and, and the extra, you know, fifth year grad year. This guy's, I mean, he's, he's just a, a big guy and he, he's been experienced. I mean, he has five years in the SEC. Yeah, he's big guy. He can take the top off of anyone's defense. It is going to be very paramount that um, uh, Chris Abrams drain does Chris Abrams drain things on Saturday. Uh, this guy, as Knowlton mentioned, game-breaking speed. If he gets in the open field, it could be very dangerous for Mizzou. Blake Baker's got to come up with some creative ways to slow him down. Uh, they don't really have a ton of playmakers outside of him. I mean. Jaheen Bell is gone. Uh, he was obviously South Carolina's main offensive weapon uh, going into last year, although he did kind of fade out of the game plan. Um, but, yeah, Xavier Leggett and uh, Spencer Rattler, that connection, if Mizzou can shut that down, they will likely come out with the win on Saturday. It uh, looks like he returns kicks, too. Um, has 117 yards on six returns from kickoff housed one last year, had a 100 yard kickoff return for a touchdown last year. So, um, you know, you mentioned that game breaking speed, um, and, and you mentioned Chris Abrams drain, I think, you know, with Leggett in there and with, with Rattler's ability, it's also going to be, um, a big, a big piece of positive Mizzou news of Fennis Rakestraw's back. I know he's one of a couple injuries that, uh, Mizzou is looking at Kenny. I don't know. You want to you want to give us the uh, the injury rundown with Rake Straw and some others? Yeah, we mentioned Rake Straw a little bit earlier. Missed last week with that groin injury. He's questionable now, along with Cody Schrader, who was also questionable last week with the quad injury. And Peyton said it good uh, in a group chat. He's like he'll be questionable, and then he'll get over ninety percent of the carries for the rest of the game. Um, Chad Bailey, uh, one of the starting linebackers, will be out for this game. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz did not tell beat reporters why he is out, uh, but opens up play for um is it date is it Nichols okay. I, I don't I believe it's Chuck Hicks oh. Chuck Hicks opening oh, yeah, Chuck Hicks. he's gonna start as the 
the second linebacker. So that those are the the latest on the injury reports. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Schrader. I think like he could be listed as out, and I'd still probably have like a thirty percent hope that he would play, or like thought that he would play. I feel like it's very very hard to keep a guy like that off the field with just the story he has. He wants to see every down he can. Um, but yeah, it'll be crucial. I think if Jeff uh, Rake Straw comes back this week. Um, okay, I mentioned it in the preview. Um, I'm going to segue because you know w- we can be nervous all we want about South Carolina fellas, and and un- understandably so, they have some 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 weapons that can hurt Mizzou. But we got to give praise to this Tigers team, and and they've received a ton um, in the media and on these award watch lists that have come out. We're at the midway point now. Um, of the college football regular season. So, you know, a lot of this stuff's kind of coming out. And Mizzou, rightfully so, has gotten a lot of people's attention. I'm going to go fast on this just to run these down, and you guys can hit on uh, the ones you want to talk about. Award season right now uh, for Mizzou midseason. Drinkwitz, Paul Bear Bryant, Coach of the Year Award watch list. Um, You have a bunch of AP All-Americans. I think that just includes Cad and Luther, if I remember correctly. Oh, and Javon Foster. Right, right. Um. You have some people on the Joe Moore uh, midseason honor roll. Defense SEC Defensive Player of the Week went to D-Rob from the Reese Senior Bowl. Um, Cook and Burden on the Maxwell Award uh, watch list. Realist George on the Warfield Trophy nominee. Chris Abrams Drain, uh, the Ben Eric uh, Award watch list. And, yeah, that's uh, that's all the ones we have down. But a ton of guys getting the praise they rightfully deserve so far this year. Yeah, I think the one... Honestly, when you said the Joe Moore Award midseason honor roll, I was thinking it was just going to be like Joe Moore, Mizzou's defensive end, just made the honor <laughs> roll. And I was like, oh, good for him. Kind of surprised we put this in. But uh, the one that really sticks out to me is Chris Abrams Drain being on the Bednarik Award list. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. I mean, he's an island out there at corner, but I am a little surprised to see that. It took kind of took me back uh, just – I was kind of taken aback by it. Um, but yeah, I would say that a lot of these are deserved. I was a little surprised by Javon Foster um, being on the second team All-American, but he's been steady at left tackle for a good number of years for Mizzou. But yeah, Chris Abrams, Drain, and Luther Burden absolutely deserve to be first team All-Americans. For D-Rob, it's not just the Defensive Player of the Week from the Reese Senior Bowl. It's also SEC defensive player of the week so he picked up two awards this past week my favorite part of it is that marcus golden replied with three fire emojis on a mizzou football post from x and that that's cool to see you know one of the the best defensive players in mizzou history is now in the nfl you get that praise i bet that's a good feeling for d-rob yeah i mean there's just you know awards up the wazoo Drinkwitz as well i mean being put on the on the coach of the year award watch list i i, I don't know that he'll um, take that honor home unless Mizzou really kicks on the rest of the year. I don't in ways that I don't think we're predicting. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's cool to see him. I mean, he's, he's someone, you know, he talked up Brady cook for, for wanting to, you know, everyone needs to, to shut up about being a hater to him. I mean, Drinkwitz is, is getting a lot of that now himself. Um, you know, I, I know there's a ton of Drinkwitz doubters out there, at least there was, but he's, I think silencing them game by game. So I, I think it's fair to give him credit. Um, the stats on the offensive line, by the way, for that Joe Moore award, Mizzou football tweeted this. They've helped gain the fourth most yards per game in the SEC and create the fourth, fourth best passing offense in the SEC. I think we're a little hard on Javon Foster compared to like the national media. I think it's just because we had such big expectations for him that like, you know, maybe ours reached the level of like a first team All-American 
um, type of player, but I, I think he still deserved to get that nod on the, on the second team. If you guys have any more thoughts on that. I mean, he's been, I, I, I would say on Javon Foster, he's just been a steady left tackle. I've just surprised he got all American honors. I mean, I would have expected some all SEC nods for him, but I was a bit shocked to see all American. I, I just, I didn't quite realize how good he'd been. He grades so well, according to PFF. Every time Max Chadwick is on here, he, he loves to talk about Javon Foster and how well he grades um, on their scales. But I think one of the best things that you can always think about for offensive linemen is that if you don't like hear their name a lot, it usually means that they're playing pretty well. Because when you hear their names, it's because of false starts, you know, snap infractions, plays that are negating big gains. And I we don't really see that from Javon Foster. I think there was maybe one holding call this year that negated a big play. Uh, but other than that, he, he, I mean, he has been that steady force that Peyton's talking about. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think, and, and rightfully so. If you don't want to hear your name called, you're right, as an offensive lineman. He has been um, sublime, and he will be missed, you know, when he when he departs this program. But, yeah, congrats to all those guys for, you know, I mean, they've, they've been putting in putting in the work and, We'll see who can end up on some of those lists at the end of the at the end of the season, fellas. Something to keep an eye on. But with that, I think we should get to maybe the biggest news. I know the South Carolina game is is obviously big, but I think we need to get to the biggest news in the room, boys, which came out. We're recording this on a Thursday, came out earlier today on Thursday. Ryan Wingo set his commitment date, and it is not in December. Uh, I'll let you guys take uh, take it away from there. Got some big time news on on Ryan Wingo uh, coming up here a lot sooner than we thought. Yep, Ryan Wingo, the St. Louis five-star, he is committing. He's moved his commitment date amidst a swarm of Mizzou predictions uh, for him uh, that have come in since he visited that LSU game with McClellan and Juanary. They took that famous photo. He is committing now. He has moved his commitment date up from December 20th to October 25th. This is very good news for Mizzou. I mean... Let's just say he's going to commit to Mizzou on October 25th. I mean, that is just what's going to happen. All the buzz is around Mizzou. It has gone from looking like it would be Notre Dame to Tennessee to Georgia to Texas. I mean, Texas, even as late as last month, was picking up crystal balls for him. Um, but the one team that has always remains, remained a constant player is Mizzou. Uh, they got him in to see that atmosphere against LSU. And uh, that seemed to seal the deal. He's going to be at the Mizzou-South Carolina game uh, this weekend as well. Uh, but, yeah, it is really the buzz has been increasing uh, more and more that he could move this up and he could commit to Mizzou. Mizzou is about to land their second five-star of this class and their third five-star under Drinkwitz. Um, and now you wonder about can they maybe get a – a flip from one of these other Missouri guys, Jeremiah McClellan, and they get maybe Riddell from uh, Ray Peck to, to flip. Maybe they can get back in on Andrew Sprague, that's the offensive tackle um, that's committed to Michigan right now. Just all of these different things. Maybe Tione Gray will want to flip again. Um, <laughs> but uh, very, very good news. Hats off to Drinkwitz, man. He has been able to recruit throughout the years. That's been the one constant, really. Uh, with Drinkwitz is that the recruiting has always been there. And now that they're starting to stack wins, the atmosphere at Perot is getting to be electric. More and more heavyweights 
are going to be committing to this this team. I read this on Rivals this morning that only two other SEC programs have two five two or more five stars committed for the class of 2024 in Alabama and Georgia. Mizzou could join that class if once Ryan Wingo announces commitment in, if that commitment is to the Tigers. That's and you just you don't expect that. If if I told you that three or four years ago when we first you know arrived on campus, you probably wouldn't believe me. Uh, Drinkwitz is really turning around the recruiting game, and like I mentioned in the podcast uh, in our uh, recap on Saturday. These freshmen are getting more involved. I know that he felt probably felt like he missed out on some guys. Some guys probably didn't develop the way they were expecting, and they lose them. You know, after that twenty twenty class was you know huge. But the, coming into this year, a lot of freshmen are getting involved on defense and offense. Marquise Johnson, who, I saw a, a good fan account for Mizzou post. You know, how was he ranked so low in Texas for how how much of an impact he's making the SEC right away as a true freshman. A lot of these guys that Mizzou is getting, it's not even just the four or five stars. There's three stars coming in as well that are going to be instant impacts as depth players. And this has been just a a good trend for Drinkwitz and his staff. Couldn't have said it better, Kenny. If you want to compete with Alabama and Georgia on the field, you start by competing with them on the recruiting trail. And with Wingo... Very, very, very likely coming in on October 25th. That is exactly uh, what Mizzou is doing now with one area here as well, of course, Burden. And yeah, I have to also just give a, a lot of credit uh, to Kirby Moore for like how he's used Marquise Johnson and just knowing when to have him on the field. And like, I, I, I don't know, it's just it's he's been so smartly used with his skill set as a true freshman. You're right on that for sure. But yeah, huge news. So Ryan Wingo. Commitment coming October 25th, so in a couple days uh, now here. And finally, boys, you know, we could shut down the using one area in Wingo for clout in the recruiting trail. It's been all all summer since we basically come onto the Believe Network. That's been like a headline, you know, at least bi-weekly for us. So, um, which as it should, you know, big-time recruits uh, coming into the Mizzou program. So huge stuff. Ryan Wingo coming in. He'll be at the South Carolina game, as will we. We'll say hi to him if we see him. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, but... Yeah, hopefully, you know, we're all not bearing witness to a loss on Saturday. Big game coming up. Um, and with that, we will segue. We'll go over to Quick Hits. Huge game, Mizzou, South Carolina. Everyone tune in, and we will keep the show rolling. Okay, Quick Hits time. Kenny, what's your jersey of the week? Jersey of the week goes to former Mizzou pitcher Max Scherzer, who made his Damn. return to the postseason on Wednesday against the Houston Astros in Game 3 of the ALCS. Didn't go as planned for old man Max. He pitched uh, four innings. He gave up five runs on five hits and a walk. He had four strikeouts, good first inning, got beat up after that. If I'm the Rangers, I'm not really planning on using Max again in this series. But a lot of the times, your, your game three starters, your game seven starter, if this goes a full seven games, maybe they can rely on Mad Max to bounce back. That's your uh, Rangers too, Kenny. My Rangers. Yeah. Still up to one. Yeah, um, as he wears a Red Sox hat in Houston. Um, my jersey of the week is going to be, speaking of Houston, uh, James Harden, 76ers, um, the point guard, whatever he is at this point, not even <laughs> point guard, um, shooting guard. Who cares? He's not going to be a 76er because he just straight up decided to go to probably one of the many reputable joints that he frequents in Houston. Um, instead of going to 76ers practice, he uh, did indeed say, uh, Nick Nurse did indeed say that there was no reason given. James Harden is just up to his old antics. He does this everywhere he goes. Um, it's absolutely absurd at this point. 
Uh, he wants to go to Clip City, I guess. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, James Harden. It was a personal matter, and he also is a part – he he partly owns uh, the two soccer teams in Houston. Maybe he went to go see how they were doing. Did he get some wings after? He went to the he joint that has some. his number retired. Yeah. <laughs> wings. He wanted wings. Oh, no, that's a – oh, that was Lou Will that wanted the wings. Never mind. Um all right, my jersey of the week. Um, staying in the basketball world a little bit. Uh, I'm actually, it's actually, I guess, a tie of the week because I'm giving it to uh, Mr. Drew King. Of course, Mizzou fans uh, will know him as working for Power Mizzou. He covers Mizzou men's basketball. Um, he was sporting a very fun uh, basketball tie at uh, SEC Media Days, which was uh, this week for men's basketball. Of course, Dennis Gates. Did he say anything fun? I didn't. I didn't hear. Uh, I didn't hear anything come out. I know he said, apparently he repeated the eight core values again as per usual, but I didn't hear anything else. But shout out Drew for the tie. Um, yeah, no, not a lot of came out of, of this. He did, the one quote I did see was that he honestly wishes uh, he could take his whole team to media days because he thinks it's a good experience for them. Had to settle on just taking four, Sean East, Nick Honor, Connor Vanover, and uh, Noah Carter was the fourth mm-hmm. one. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll get show. more into that during the bye week. I mean, that's kind of the plan. Basketball is fast approaching, though, man. Pretty soon it's going to be like golden days for Mizzou. Yeah, everyone who's a Power Mizzou subscriber, go check out Drew's work. Maybe we'll have him on. Should hit him up. Um, but yeah, shout out for him with uh, with the tie. Kenny, take it Uh-oh. away. All right, guess that college. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And if you weren't here last week, we changed the rules. Jack and Peyton will guess at college right after I say each name. Um, if they don't know it, they'll just throw out some random school. Uh, starting it off, we're going to start off with a baseball player. Peyton will know him. Jackie will not. Jed Jerko. I know who that is. Okay. No, you don't. He's a Mississippi State legend. No. no. <laughs> you should know this. He started a playoff game for the Brewers in 2020. He was batting cleanup. He retired after that game. Um, Sports didn't exist in 2020. Jed Jerko. I'm going to say like too late i don't know where he went you guys are both incorrect we're gonna go to the football world now um you guys might know his son's his son pretty well but oliver luck oh his his son being andrew i would take it Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah i i think stanford's probably too easy an answer um so i'm not gonna go that but now i am kind of thinking maybe west coast although maybe not never know oliver luck is a businessman He's traveled around. Um, Blue collar, what does he do? maybe. Yeah. What he was he the do? XFL. Yeah, he was uh, the XFL commissioner or whatever. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I did not know that. I'll go like cow. I don't okay. know. Jack. Um, I was also thinking maybe out west, but again, that's kind of just because Andrew Luck went to Stanford. Let's take. Um, Colorado State. Okay, you guys are both incorrect. We're going to stay in the football world. We're going to go with bad guess. linebacker Bruce Your guess Irvin. was a bad guess. Bruce Irvin? Is that what yeah. I heard? Bruce Irvin? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. First round pick. Michigan State, I think, might be it. I actually think that's my legit guess right now. This one Did should he? be easier for Jack. He, yeah, uh, I, I remember him, him getting drafted. I was not I'm happy. I assume I was not correct. I don't think Peyton's right. Peyton's not right, oh is he? God. 
He is not. He's not right. Yeah. My thought went to West Virginia, but I didn't. We have Ooh. West Virginia as a college once. We might have, but I mean that's not a bad guess. West Virginia. That is correct. Yeah, finally won. Good win there for Jack. The last one was nice. going to be Jerry West. Um, I got today's theme from watching the Pat I would McAfee not show before one. we jumped on. And ah, Pat yeah, McAfee, of course, of West Virginia. Yeah, I was really mad when Bruce Irvin, uh, they picked Bruce Irvin, because I think there were some other guys I wanted. He ended up being great, so wrong I was again. Nice nice pick, Kenny. Nice. All right, uh, you got Fantastic Four. Big week. This was a tough. This is a tough. These NFL it- picks are tough this week. Yeah, we've had we've had some fun ones here and there, and I think this will be a good week of the Fantastic Four picks. Going in to try to find our records real quick. I don't think I actually posted an updated version. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't. Was say, okay, I well, I'll did. do it later. All, All right. right. Well, uh, first game on the docket is Lions Ravens, and we have a Lions clean clean sweep, but the Ravens are favored by three points at home. It's pretty much a pick'em. I yeah, I, yeah. I just heard the stat the other day that that the Lions have scored like 20 or more points in like 15 straight games and until they get stopped by uh, from that uh I don't think I'll bet against them. The Ravens defense is alright, but yeah, give me the give me Goff in the squad. I'm I'm very bullish on this Lions team. I think they're very good. Not only do I think they cover, I think they straight up win here. Okay. Um, next game on the what? docket: Steelers versus Rams. The Rams are favored by three points at home as well. Peyton and I are taking the Rams. Jack is taking the Steelers. And why is that? Uh, because right, LA, you. you know, basically a home game for the traveling terrible towels. Uh, you know, I think I think they'll they'll be frisky and mess around and win this game. I really don't know. This one I kind of just wanted to be different again. But again, LA no home fans. Maybe the uh, that Chargers fan will will show up rocking a Steelers uniform in that game i should have made her the jersey of the week there's a weird conspiracy around her but um you know this is the nfl uh environments don't really matter as much um don't care professionals so far literally floods we uh kenny and i were talking to jack sarkis actually about this game uh on xbox sarkis who if you don't know friend of the friends of the show um he is a Steelers fan and he thinks the Steelers are going to get absolutely worked on Sunday. Um, and I agree oh, with him. I think Cooper cup and Puka Nakua will absolutely feast. Um, give me the Rams here. Well, that worries me greatly, but whatever. <laughs> uh, third game on the docket uh, Packers at Broncos, um, the Aaron Rodgers bowl. It's in full force. The Packers <laughs> being by one point. Nathaniel Hacker revenge game. Oh, wait, uh jack and myself are taking the packers but peyton on the other hand is gonna take the broncos yeah jordan love is awful um no real way around it uh he's just he can't throw um and you know what the broncos are bad they're not a good team they have to win one eventually okay so broncos country let's ride oh boy I agree Jordan Love is is pretty bad, but I think they're getting I think the Packers are getting Aaron Jones back for this game. Okay, if I'm not he's mistaken. A back. <laughs> well, but okay. It's good. Um can I pick a tie? I'd almost want to change to a tie. This game feels like it could end in a tie. Kenny I'm not gonna pick a tie. Ties all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had the, I had the right state tie. once. Wrong team. 
<laughs> That's right, the Ohio tie. Go dive in the archives for that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Packers, go Petco. All right, last game on the docket. Dolphins, Eagles. Eagles are favored by two points at home. Jack is the only one taking the Dolphins. While myself and Peyton are taking the Eagles. Yeah, I... I, I also just kind of this game, like Peyton texted us when we were picking which games to do. This is such a hard game. Like I, I definitely will not be upset if I'm wrong. The Eagles are very, very good. Um, but so are the Dolphins. Um, you know, cold weather game maybe a bit, but could be a, a bit of a nip in the air in Philly. I don't know, but I I'm just gonna go with the Dolphins. I mean, their offense is is explosive. Um, but again, would not be surprised if I was wrong at all about this. This should hopefully this is just a really, really good game because these are two great teams. Yeah, no, I agree. Very tough game. I just went with the Eagles because they lost last week. I don't see them losing two in a row, really. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Shane Bird. You don't have any any analysis on this game? No analysis. You're rocking on the birds? No no reasons. All right. All right. Fair enough. I like no cap, and he's the main bird. Speaking of birds, Shawnee's main bird of the week. Shawnee's main bird of the week. Uh, mine's going to Shane Beamer, who's going to be in Columbia this weekend. Uh, not Columbia, South Carolina, but Columbia, Missouri. And he actually took ownership for an issue in the South Carolina Ooh. locker room. Uh, the issue is himself. Uh, he broke a bone in his right foot after he kicked a Gatorade cooler in frustration after his team's loss against Florida last Saturday. Man, oh, man. Um, he finally is you know, leaning into being the whole head coach and taking the blame. Uh, but it is something he did on his own. It's going to be interesting to see if he's in a big boot while he's on the sideline. Probably not going to be very mobile. Kind of just hobbling around trying to call for timeouts. That like scooter, you know that scooter. They get him a scooter. Yeah, or someone carries him around. I think that would be smart as well. (laughs) One of his players who doesn't take enough accountability, like he does. (laughs) I'm sure it was very hard for him to take ownership of him kicking something. Um, He probably wanted to blame players for making him frustrated. The Whatever he kicked, I'm gonna assume. It, I'm gonna say it was a bucket. Um, it was a Gatorade. Uh, it was a Gatorade cooler. Oh, it was a Gatorade, Gatorade cooler. Gatorade. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. My bad. Uh, well, he probably Listen. was blaming the Gatorade cooler for looking so kickable. You know, look what that Gatorade <laughs> I, cooler was wearing. I will uh, say, I have made that mistake of like accidentally picking up one that you think is empty and then it's completely full and you like hurt yourself. But I've never kicked one. I'm not that dumb. But, uh, I really hope. My main fear for South Carolina is that this rallies the team and they play inspired and they win for the water cooler. (laughs) The water boy. Peyton? Oh, sorry. I always forget I'm second. My turn. Not listening. Not not knowing. My main bird of the week. There were very few birds that I thought were main material. Um, So I went with Southern Miss for losing 55 to 3. Uh, to Southern Alabama uh, in a, I believe this was a Tuesday, Wednesday night showdown. So Southern Miss, if you don't know, they have uh, Frank Gore's kid, Derek Gore. Um, They they won a bowl game last year, uh, and they are one and six this year. So they will not be making it back. Um, That was it. The Golden Eagles, Brett Favre went there. Don't uh, Google Brett Favre for people. Taxes. You're going to be very (laughs) surprised by what you see. Um, but yeah, Southern Miss main bird of the week. Very nice. Um, my main bird of the week, I'm uh, going back a little bit to Sunday night football, but there's also some news that came out about him, uh, this week. I'm giving it to Justin Pugh. Um, of course, former Arizona Cardinal bird team. Um, he 
came off the couch. He said it himself in his Sunday night football intro, which those are my favorite things in the world when people say like funny um, where they went to college or whatever. So um, love Justin Pugh for doing that one. But the Giants kept him on his active on the active roster. Of course, uh, they had to pull him up because they have so many injuries to their O-line. Um, Danny Dimes is getting beat up, but he's staying on the active roster, I guess, for another week. So they're hanging on to him after his off the couch performance. Of course, played a great game against the Bills on Sunday. So congrats to Justin Pugh for uh, making a little bit of an NFL comeback. Any relation to Florence Pugh? I have absolutely no idea. She was very good in Oppenheimer. (laughs) Payne, what did you learn this week? Best thing I learned this week, if you want to go to the NLCS, it costs you about what it would cost for a – you could buy – four Wendy's four for fours and have <laughs> be one dollar more than you spend on NLCS tickets. That's the math uh, you paid. Bob Nightingale, mm. who of course the very famous uh, USA Today Major League Baseball columnist, uh, tweeted the get in price for game three of the NLCS in Phoenix has plummeted 90% to just $15 after the Diamondbacks 10-0 defeat in game two per tick pick. The get-in price for game one in Philly was $467. Someone replied with $12 and $9 tickets. This is insane. This is the NLCS. Yeah, that's crazy. Come on, Arizona. Love so your D-backs. Yeah, that's in Arizona, right? Because the bank, the bank wouldn't uh, wouldn't have that. Those tickets are those tickets are pricey. Yeah, those would be gone. Yeah. Did the Phillies break a record I saw for like solo home runs or something? Because they've hit a ton of them, right? Probably every single one they hit is an absolute bomb. So, I mean, if you listen faintly, you can hear the Liberty Bell ring right before a pitch. <laughs> Might want to investigate that, Manfred. Yeah. Uh, okay. Best thing I learned this week, a little bit more on a serious note, but Mizzou running backs coach Curtis Looper. This is from Wendell Shepard, good friend of the show, writer of the Columbia, Missourian. Uh the post that reads Mizzou running backs coach Curtis Looper provides an update on his son Chance, who was forced to step away from football due to a medical issue. He has so much more to do. He's healthy and we're blessed that he is. Says Chance will run track for MU and get his degree in the spring. Very cool to see for Chance Looper, who had a promising start to his college football career in 2020 um, and 2021, but uh, tough uh, to that he missed 2022 and now will, will no longer play football for the Tigers. But good to see him still in the sports world. Yeah, bummer, especially. It wasn't something he could even remotely control. Um, and I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Kenny, his uh, heart issue happened right before the L.A. Tech game, right? Yeah, it happened the morning of. And so there was a, a whole issue about that. And then you didn't see him during warm-ups or um, in the game. And everyone was like, okay, where did Chance go? And then that was what Drinkwitz opened his press conference with. Um, even after a win, he was pretty emotional about it because I mean, they were a little bit scared about what would have happened. Yeah, I mean, that's so sad, especially. I mean, he had such a promising start to his career, I remember. He made a lot of plays uh, his freshman year, but I'm glad he's able to finish it off uh, with a degree. Yeah, I, it's great to see that he's able to still, you know, be involved in, in athletics because, obviously, I mean, those are those kids' dreams. That's all they really want to be doing. And so it's nice nice to see that he'll be on the track. We'll, we'll keep him updated. We'll do some Mizzou track updates and see how he – um, see how it performs. I don't, we don't know what he's running, do we? But that wasn't I, said it was, it was during a tiger talk. Um, got it. 
Got it. So he didn't he didn't mention I mean, I, if he mentioned it, it would probably was on there, but it wasn't in the post I saw. Well, we'll learn eventually, and hopefully, yeah, he can uh, um, you know finish out his career. Well, good story there from uh, from Wendell. Um, my best thing I learned this week. Uh, this comes from message board geniuses on X, who of course post you know whenever someone uh, has a, a crazy message about um, their team on on one of these fan uh, based sites. Uh, this comes from, I believe it is Michigan State's on three site, Spartan Mag, of course, Michigan State, looking to replace their head coach. And basically the the TLDR version of this is that a Michigan State fan on this account was in the Sarasota airport, from what I gather, pretending to get a tour of the facility in order to hopefully spot a glimpse uh, and maybe did spot a glimpse of Urban Meyer getting on a plane to go back to East Lansing to possibly be the coach of Michigan State. I, I, I don't know, like I, I, he could be faking it. He sent photos. This was all over the replies on the Spartan mag, but he said, uh, I'm inside Atlantic aviation. I just completed a tour of the GM with by, provided by the GM of the facility. He thinks I'm looking at having a potential meeting. Looks like there are three jets on the tarmac ready to go. There are some private meeting rooms that were being used. Not sure who was in them. Um, and later sent photos of, you know, saying there's a black van, people getting in a plane. Someone had the number of the like tail of the plane. That's like a Michigan state plane, just craziness. And if, if it ends up being true and they hire urban Meyer, I mean, what a, I, I just what a disaster in, in Sparty land, but that's your latest from message board geniuses. I, I ain't buying it. I ain't buying no, it. nope. nope. <laughs> In order to know. move forward, you have to take a step back, and that step back is Urban Meyer. The Jaguars did it. No, not doing Jeff Fisher, but I think Urban Meyer is your step back to go forward. Um, oh, my God. This Spartion. this thread goes, like, way deeper than I even read. <laughs> oh, yeah, There's it does. people sending all sorts of images. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you can believe it if you want, but I just still think it's wild that, uh, you know, someone would even pretend to fake – trying to have a meeting at a private airport just to maybe see uh, who they might be getting on a plane, but it's, it's a mess fire. over in East Lansing. It's a mess. Oh, Peyton, you got a joke? All right. Joke of the week. This one comes from uh, the famous t- TV show, uh, the Today Show. Um, we're going <laughs> to go down here um, on the TV show website, the Today Show. Guys, what kind of sandals do frogs wear? Do what? 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 I'm sorry, this one's really good. What kind of sandals do frogs wear? Any guesses? Uh, no. Open toed. Open toed. Uh... <laughs> wow, that TV rec- show. That TV show makes some great jokes. What a good TV show. It's not a TV show. Here are the records for our week six NFL picks. Jack, you were 13, nine and two. I'm one behind you at 12, 10 and two. And Peyton is 16, six and two. I'm oh running boy. away with it right now. Yeah, Peyton's dusting us. Trying to do this. He is the resident gambler of the show. It's not gambling. It's called calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Only bet, only bet the amount you have can afford to lose. I uh, good joke, Peyton. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, you're still you're still loving that one. Uh, we'll move on. We're gonna finish the show. We're gonna um, preview the rest of the SEC slate this week. Some good games to talk about. Um, maybe get our finishing touches. Actually, we will because I didn't ask you guys earlier 
We'll finish off also with a score prediction from you three for Mizzou, South Carolina, because I didn't ask that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, plenty to dive into, um, finish out the show, looking at the rest of the SEC. So stay tuned for that. Okay, we're going to finish the show. We're going to look at the rest of the SEC slate uh, for this week. Week eight, we're already in. Um, wild. And Mizzou still hasn't had its bye week. Uh, we break, damn it. Um, but they will have it, obviously, after South Carolina. First game. Boy, oh boy, the battle of mid, less than mid. Ass. Uh, less than, yeah, the battle of ass. Um, they, they left this game to the 11 a.m. Uh, slate. Mississippi State at 3-3, three and three, traveling to Fayetteville. Razorback State in the face. The Hogs. Peyton, do you want to say what uh, your reaction will be if Arkansas loses this game? I will jump up and down like SpongeBob when he thought he was named manager in the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> Arkansas loses this game. They're not going to lose this game. Mississippi State's really bad. I'll, I'll give Arkansas this. They probably shouldn't be two and five. They're a little better than that. Um, boy, I really want that team to just keel over and die, though. Like, really bad. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't have anything to add. They're seasoned. They're seasoned. They're seasoned. Yeah, I, I'm glad that Mizzou didn't get the 11 a.m. game. I know that they're they, the Tigers are hidden behind the big game of the weekend in Tennessee against Alabama at 2:30. But uh, good to have that homecoming game away from it. So I guess these two teams sucking it up um, offered Mizzou a little bit of a later start. Yeah, that is nice. Um, but you mentioned that that is the 2:30 CBS game. Um, makes sense. I guess, uh, yeah, the third Saturday in October, Tennessee and Alabama. This is the the game of the weekend in the SEC, um, you know, whether you're a Mizzou fan or not, I guess. But, um, yeah, what are, you guys, uh, what are you guys expecting from this one down in Tuscaloosa, Tennessee? That was such a crazy game last year, Tennessee, of course. I think it was a 15-game winning streak for Alabama that the Vols snapped. Um, but, yeah, new, uh, new setting here for this one this week, this year. Yeah, third Saturday in October is uh, yep. when I believe this game is played every year. Um, so it's classic. Last year it was game of the year, I would have to say, probably. I got to be honest, um, I don't expect a great game here. I think it's going to be kind of sloppy because neither of these offenses are near what they were last year. They're both defense first teams this year. I kind of think Alabama's going to have something – STP, they're going to steal it from Mizzou. Something to prove <laughs> in this one. Um, I think they're going to kind of embarrass Tennessee. I think Joe Milton is going to be just all kinds of struggling against this Alabama defensive front. Um, and I think Milrow, it was a weird game for him last week, had an excellent first half, had a terrible uh, second half, say, for one throw. Um, could be a good bounce-back opportunity for him against the solid defense. Uh, but, yeah, I think Alabama probably handles this one. I would take them to cover. Uh, Nick Saban was on the Pat McAfee show this morning, giving a lot of praise to Jalen Milrow, as Peyton mentioned, did not have that good second half. And I think that's what's going to fuel a pretty good offense for Alabama this weekend against Tennessee. You're, you're at home, and after losing on the road last year to a very good Tennessee team, one that had aspirations to make it to the playoff at, at the halfway point in the season, um, you can't let it happen again. Alabama pretty much owns this rivalry in the last 20 years, and I think they get back um, to their winning ways with a good game from Jalen Milrow. Peyton mentioned the line. It's minus eight uh, for Alabama right now. 
Stat I'll point out for you guys, I think Peyton hit the nail on the head. I think this will be a very grimy game. I don't think it will be the the shootout it was last year. Tennessee has less passing yards uh, per game this season than Wisconsin does. Fun fact. So, yeah, it's it's pretty stinky down there for uh, for Joe Milton and co. But they do have a good running game. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be probably whoever owns that will, will pull this one out. I think Alabama, um, will probably come out firing cause they're not going to want to lose two in a row. This rivalry though, very streaky. Um, whatever team wins seems to go on a run for like a couple of years. That's what I like when I was looking back at it. Um, but yeah, it'll, it should be a, it should be an interesting one. And Alabama fans will, will riot cause their season does end, uh, if they lose again. So, um, if they want to get back to the playoff, they got to win this one. So big one down in Tuscaloosa. We'll see who's smoking the victory cigs, uh, cigars, not cigarettes. Um, after after that one's all said and done, I realize you can't use cigs for cigars, can you? It doesn't really work. Um, night games. First one, uh, we have Ole Miss traveling, maybe a trap game. I don't know. Um, to a three and three Auburn team. Um, I I do like Ole Miss a lot. Uh, in this one, how do you guys feel about Auburn maybe having a shot at home? Yeah, I mean. Auburn's obviously one of the toughest places to play in the SEC. Um, I kind of thought maybe a trap game at first. Then I remembered Peyton Thorne is playing quarterback for Auburn. Ole Miss will be just fine. Maybe they'll have a little bit of a slow start. Ole Miss has done that a couple times this year. Start has always found a way for the most part, other than the game against Alabama. It's kind of kicking into gear. Um, I think Ole Miss will get it done here. Auburn's defense really has a step up here, and I, they have to score on defense. They have to get at least more than one turnover. Um, they played some close games um, uh, in the SEC so far. Uh, it's really the one that only stands out is Georgia with the 27 to 20 loss at home against the Bulldogs, who are the number one team in the country. Uh, so I, I wouldn't put it past uh, Auburn to look for an upset. We talked about that last week that there are some games on the Auburn schedule that maybe they can come away with some wins before the end of the season. Uh, this one could look like one of those, but with Peyton Thorne at quarterback, it's tough. Even in that Georgia game that they only lost by seven points, he didn't have over 100 yards through the air. He was 10 for 19 for 82 yards in interception. This, that's what I'm saying, and that's where I think the Auburn defense just really has to step up and control this game. Yeah, that'll it'll be interesting. I think it could it could get a little weird in Jordan Hare as Mizzou has experienced. Uh, very unfortunately last season hate to bring that one up um last game another night kickoff this one at 6 30 a little bit of a weird one it's mizzou's bogey team the army traveling down to baton rouge where lsu story of this game heading into it is is uh doesn't have any end zones guys they showed a picture of them they're they're not there i don't see any end zones like i see a field and then and then it just it just goes away there's just nothing there so i, I don't really know what they're gonna do yeah um Despite the fact that we can't see the end zones, I'm sure LSU will find a way to score. Um, whatever the over on LSU's rushing yards is in this game, if you can find a prop for that, hit the over on that. Because, I, I mean, LSU, best probably the best rushing team in the nation between uh, Diggs and uh, Daniels. And Army this year, I believe they have the 85th uh, best rushing defense in the nation by EPA for play. And uh, they ain't got power five guys. on that So LSU will get this one done. It's kind of a throwaway game. It's kind of gross. We're getting uh, like always, there's always a cupcake wheat late in the year. Uh, but this is a pretty nasty matchup for a week. eight. It, it really just comes with 
an odd number of teams having the bye week as well. Uh, that's what really just sucks in the midway through the year. And you get one of these teams just thrown into your SEC schedule and you're trying to build momentum. Looking at the Army schedule, though, I was pretty interested to see how many Power 5 teams they played as an independent. Uh, they got Syracuse on here, Boston College. They played back-to-back weeks, LSU. Um, some other like non-Power 5 teams that stood out to me were UTSA, who they beat, uh, the, Gold, uh, the Black Knights beat 20 20- or sorry, 37 to 29. And they, then they face Air Force uh, in November. So I, that's, a, that's a pretty good schedule there for an independent team. <laughs> yeah, well done, Army. We did not play cupcakes as an independent. Army yeah, has a better of... schedule than Michigan, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, it, it, that'll be, that should be a shellacking. And yeah, camo end zones, interesting look for LSU. But I, I respect that they're doing it for the Army game. Um, do you guys have anything else on uh, on just college football in general real quick before we end things off? I think people are neglecting. You know, you got these some fun games in the SEC, obviously Bama, Tennessee. Everyone really should be watching Iowa, Minnesota. I mean, it's the sicko game of the year. Um, bet I the under not, 33. I would need to be paid to watch that crap fest. <laughs> um, I would not touch that with like a 10-foot pole. I mean, Ohio State, Penn State, that's the game of the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a great um, game. Jeremiah McClellan on a Mizzou note is going to be at that game. So they have a chance to make a good impression there. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not the most intriguing slate ever this week. I mean, like Texas plays Houston. Uh, I know that's near and dear to Kenny's heart. Uh, but other than that, not really much. Uh, Washington, uh, Oregon last week was game of the week, game of the year, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's, it should be interesting. Everyone just needs to watch Iowa-Minnesota. Sicko game. Um, I forgot, almost again, before we get out of here, boys, score prediction, Mizzou-South Kakalaka, 230, SEC Network. What's going to happen in front of our eyes on Saturday? I honestly felt more confident Mizzou would, like, go out and just handle their business against Kentucky last week than this week just because – you know, Mizzou's past defense has been a little shaky at times this year. The Get and Rattler are very capable of making this a game. I'm still going to take Mizzou, I, I think, obviously. I'll take them 31, 38-31. Uh, uh, but it wouldn't shock me if this is still a game in the final minutes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in that boat, too, of it being a final or you know, close game until the final quarter. I think Mizzou still wins by two scores. I have it at 35-21 right now, uh, not including any field goals in there. And we've seen um, Harrison Mevis on the field every single game this season for more than just extra points. But I'm going to take 35-21. Um, I'm going to go – I think it's also going to be a little bit closer. Over-under on this on uh, Bet Online is 60, um, which I think you guys both have hitting if my math is correct. I have over, yeah. Um, I have the under. Oh yeah, Kenny. Okay, so Kenny, Kenny, Kenny's score would be the under. I will go five point win for Mizzou, thirty five thirty. Kind of like Peyton's score, but I think a little bit. I guess a little bit less. Um, but yeah, it's always a crapshoot. I hate doing predictions because I don't like being wrong, especially when it's in favor to Mizzou and if South Carolina pulls it out. But we'll see. Big game on Saturday to head into the bye week at seven and one potentially for the Missouri Tigers. We'll be there again. Uh, we're not going to have a recap on Sunday just because we will be um, enjoying ourselves in Columbia. I'm thinking, though, um, for the YouTube viewers, go watch the YouTube because I may drop a vlog. I may go iPhone camera and just, you know, document our, our time. That sounds really lame, and it probably will be. 
um because i i don't know you know how to vlog but we're just gonna do it and see how it goes back in columbia i think i think fans will appreciate that i have another idea jack instead of doing an iphone camera i've seen it a lot on social media accounts that you can get a camera that is strapped around your chest and it's like a chest view (laughs) of everything that's going on i want you to do that so everyone can see your point of view and then, like, th- there's I... gonna be a, there's gonna be a clip of like just grass, like someone falling into grass, like yeah. like a POV of it. I'm like, what just happened? We have to pick yeah. you up and walk you back. But right, right. Said a couple too many bush lights. <laughs> uh, I think I'll just strap my iPhone to my chest. That'll just be the, the sicko version of that. Yeah, just duct tape it. All right. Well, so if you see a guy walking around with an iPhone strapped to his chest, go say <laughs> that sounds so bad. Um, all right. Anyway. Um, we'll have some content, I'm sure, on the YouTube for uh, this game. We're really excited to be back in Columbia. And uh, we'll see you guys, I guess, with that next week, uh, Friday, for um, a little Mizzou men's basketball preview because Mizzou football is on by. So everyone stay tuned for that. Great show, boys. Uh, this has been the Unwritten Rule presented by Bet Online. Go enjoy your homecoming week. See everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.